Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Thoughts from a Page podcast, a member of the Evergreen Podcasts Network, hosted by me, Cindy Burnett, a voracious reader and book columnist who provides you with casual author conversations and insider information on all of the newest releases that I have read and recommend. With so many books coming out weekly, it can be hard to decide what to read, so I find the best ones and share them with you. For more book recommendations or to find my backlist of interviews, visit my website at thoughtsfromapage.com. If you love to read, please consider joining my Patreon group. I offer at least two bonus episodes a month, one where I talk about the next month's most anticipated books and one where I chat with an independent bookseller, all about their store and the books that they recommend. In addition, I host a monthly early read where members have advanced access via NetGalley to a digital copy of a book, and then we meet on Zoom with the author pre-publication to chat about that book. January's book is The Sweet Spot by Amy Popel, and for February, there are two. Lauren Willig's new book, Two Wars and a Wedding, and a debut by Lee Abramson called A Likely Story. Thanks so much to those who already participate, and I hope you will consider joining us. Today, Amy E. Reichert is joining me to talk about holiday traditions and her favorite Christmas rom-com reads. Amy is an author, wife, mom, Wisconsinite, amateur chef, and cider enthusiast. She earned her MA in English Literature and serves on her library's board of directors. She's a member of Tall Poppy Writers. I hope you enjoy our conversation and that it gets you in the holiday spirit. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome, Amy. How are you? I'm great, Cindy. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad you're here because we're going to talk all about holiday traditions, and then you're going to recommend some great reads for the holidays for those who love holiday movies and who love rom-coms. So I think this will be such a fun episode. I agree. I can't wait to talk with you. Well, I have to confess that I am not much of a rom-com reader nor a holiday reader, but I'm in a really small group, I think. I think so many people love both rom-coms and holiday reads, and so I think it'll be really fun to get us into the season by talking about them. I agree. And they're one of my favorite things. So I feel like I don't plan on converting you, but I hope to help you see what the allure is. Well, that's exactly why I wanted to talk to you. I was like, okay, I need to learn more. Clearly, I must be missing out. The funny thing to me is that people are posting holiday reads earlier and earlier. I swear it was like late September this year when I saw the first one. 
And that probably mirrors the fact that holiday decorations are showing up in Target and Walgreens and wherever else in September as well now, which seems kind of crazy. But I guess everybody just really enjoys the season and wants to be prepared. Absolutely. I I think one of the allures of all of these holiday reads is it is just like putting up a Christmas tree. It really gets the soul in the mood for Christmas. You are reading about cozy things. You're reading about snow and especially the romance. I, I just like it because it gives me, you know, it's sort of like bonus warm and fuzzies versus a, you know, a holiday murder mystery where somebody dies. You get to read about where somebody falls in love. <laughs> yes. And you're like, okay, that's so happy to fall in love, but I don't want to be at any kind of holiday event where someone is murdered. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, that does not really put me in the spirit. No, though I, I will admit to watching Die Hard as a Christmas movie. So, oh my gosh, that is such a conversation whether that is a Christmas movie or not. I love every year seeing it debated everywhere. Uh, it is, in my opinion, 100% a Christmas movie. And you're the expert. So, well, I feel like a bit of a Grinch this year because we're going to be gone for Christmas. And so the only thing we have done is put up holiday lights because I don't want to put a tree up and all these decorations and then get back early January and have to take it all down and not been able to have really enjoyed any of it. But now I'm like, maybe I should have done a little bit. It's hard to pass that up. I would do the same thing if I were traveling. But for me, it's I, I do love that process. I'd probably be tempted to still put it up because there is something about those months leading up to the actual holiday where you have the special lights on every night and you can enjoy the Christmas tree. It gets you in that Christmas spirit, that holiday spirit, which I think is just a little bit more generous where you can almost once you've got your shopping done, take that deep breath and savor the the season. For me, I like to get in the groove as soon as Thanksgiving is over. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday and I don't want any other holiday to creep in on it. So the day after Thanksgiving is when my family will take all of the boxes up from downstairs and then they'll go away and leave me alone in the house for the whole day. And I spend it Unpacking all the boxes, setting up the Christmas tree, putting the decorations out that I I feel like putting in. Every year is just a little bit different when I decide what I want to put out. Sometimes I put ribbons on all the picture frames and sometimes I don't. Sometimes I put out all these little gnomes that I have, which I have a bit of an obsession with right now. (laughs) To me, the day after Thanksgiving is always that, that Christmas kickoff for me. Well, I think partly why I didn't put up a tree is because we always buy a fresh tree. And I was just afraid by the time, you know, we left and then we came back two weeks later that it was going to be dead and a fire hazard. And then I'd be worried about it the whole time. And then I'd have to be dragging it all out. So I was like, you know, I think I'm just going to pass. But maybe what I need to do, though, it's probably a little late at this point, is just to pull a few things out and have them around. And then I feel a little more Christmassy. I think that's a great idea. I had some friends who they're trying to be more environmentally, you know, thoughtful. So instead of getting a traditional evergreen, they actually cut down like we have an invasive tree called buckthorn up here. And it's just like a trash tree and it will take over your wood. So they cut down a couple little buckthorns and brought them in and decorated them as Christmas trees. And they look really festive and fun. So holiday music. I love Christmas music, though I don't really listen to it as much as I used to. But it's so much fun. There are so many of those songs that just bring me back to when I was young. Do you have a playlist that you always use? Do you listen to different Christmas songs each year? How does that work for you? I do listen. I do have a specific playlist. Uh, It does change from year to year. Because my book is Christmas-themed, I actually made a Christmas-themed playlist that goes with the book that has like 10 or 12 songs on it. 
So this year when I was decorating after Thanksgiving, I just played that on repeat. I really, really love it. And it has, it's Christmas Every Day by The Simple Plan, which is a really fun, upbeat song about how the person wishes it was Christmas every day. Uh, And then it ends with the classic Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas, uh, with all sorts of fun stuff in between. But I do shake it up. I like... I do love the old standards. Like it's not Christmas until I hear Bing Crosby sing White Christmas. Do you have this playlist on your website? Uh, I don't have it on my website, but I do have, uh, it's on my Instagram. If people want to go look at my Instagram at A.E. Reichert, R-E-I-C-H-E-R-T. It is, if you look at my, my things that I've posted, you can see it in there. It even has a little, one of those little QR codes that you can use to scan. Oh, perfect. I'll track it down and put it in my show notes, too, so people can easily find it. Wonderful. Thank you. Of course. So first, before we dive into the books you're going to recommend as holiday reads, let's talk a little bit about them. What about holiday reads do you think appeals to people? And then what, for you, makes a good holiday read? So I think the big draw for holiday reads is is very similar to holiday movies and even holiday songs. It's that... With just a few words, you can be instantly transported to that Christmas spirit. So you talk about decorating Christmas trees or drinking hot cocoa and sitting by a fire and, you know, shopping for Christmas gifts. And in my case, there's a Christmas market where there's gooey raclette cheese that's served on French bread and mulled wine and all of these little things that trigger memories of our own childhoods or good years. To me, that's the draw. And then the romance part is just, I mean, I personally just love a story where you have two people get together. I find myself watching any show and wanting the, the, you know, the two main leads to get together. I can't help myself. No matter who they are. I was recently watching the Star Wars show Andor and I'm like, oh, I want those two to get together. <laughs> so you truly can find romance anywhere. I really, really can. <laughs> it's probably not appropriate. That's hilarious. (laughs) I do think that Christmas and holiday reads really tap into that core. When I think about the holidays, I think about that cozy feeling that maybe a little bit more generosity, generosity towards other humans. And I think that when you start reading and listening to Christmas stories, it taps into that and it fills you with that. And I think people want to read that and get in that spirit. So I think that's a big draw is they just want to feel, it makes you feel cozy and Christmassy. I always like to hear about other people's traditions as well, or festivals or Christmas markets. So I think incorporating some of those details too, it's fun to see what other people do. Yes, I agree. Uh, My family has a few big ones. I am a, which would people who are familiar with my books, this will come as no surprise. I'm a big lover of baking. So baking of the Christmas cookies is a huge tradition in my house. And it's usually a couple weeks long of a process where I am baking different cookies or one of the things that I make every year is, in my area, we call it fairy food. Other places call it sponge candy. I've seen it called angel fair food. Um, it, but it's like a caramelized burnt sugar that you add baking soda to and it kind of bubbles up and puffs and then hardens. And then you chop it up and, and dip it in chocolate. Uh, so that's one of my favorite things to do at the holidays and Certain family members are very keen on getting the right amount. I've not heard of fairy food. It's also known as buffalo sponge candy. Mm -mm. It is really yummy. (laughs) Okay, it sounds yummy. Now I'm going to have to look up a recipe for that. There's different ways of doing it. 
but I finally found one that has, it's a very simple recipe that's usually like corn syrup, sugar. And then my traditional one was just baking, trying to think what order you put vinegar in as well. And then when it reaches a certain temperature, you add in baking soda and that's when it sort of foams all over the place. But I found an even better recipe that adds gelatin in and that I think helps it keep its shape a little bit better and has sort of a finer bubble texture. So it's just, it's really great. It's addictive. This is exactly what I'm talking about, though. I'm like, I've now learned something new and I need to go track it down. And it's fun to hear how people celebrate what they do and the things that are really important to them regarding the holidays. Yes. And fairy food is definitely important in my house. (laughs) (laughs) I just love that name, fairy food. That's so sweet. Isn't it fun? And it's so, it is so delicious. And yeah. You're making me hungry. Yeah, I want really want to make some now, but I probably won't make it till closer to Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> when you're looking at holiday reads, what is it exactly that you're looking for that makes it a really good read for you? Oh, that's a great one. Well, I will say when I was putting together my list of recommendations, it became very clear that I have some some tropes that I really, really like. And one of them is enemies to lovers. And that's kind of a thing in romance. Um, a lot of romance readers have specific tropes they like, like they like an enemies to lovers. They like a, you know, childhood friends to, you know, that become more friends that become more, or they like a grumpy, they call it a grumpy and a sunshine character. (laughs) I think that is the most interesting thing about the romance genre is that you do really have these very well-defined tropes. And as soon as you start talking about them, like in a bookstagram post or something, Everybody chimes right in with exactly what it is that appeals to them. And so that's interesting that yours is enemies to lovers. Yeah, which is funny because I have not actually written my own version of an enemies to lovers. That's what needs to be next. I, I think it does. But when all, all four of the books that I have, but other things that I look at is I really want to feel, like I was saying before, that Christmas mood of coziness and generosity and and I want... Let's be real. I want a lot of Christmas food in my book. (laughs) I'm gathering that. (laughs) That is an important part of the holidays and it needs to be there. And I want things that are very common in a Christmas. I want those cozy, almost cliche moments of drinking hot cocoa and getting whipped cream on the nose or doing an ice skating scene where somebody falls down. I feel like in a holiday book, those see usually overdone tropes and cliches that you would normally want twisted and turned and, and not, or maybe not at all. I, I feel like readers and especially myself are more welcoming of them because they feel familiar and comforting. And that's what we're going to these holiday romance books for. I think that's right. And that that's a place where it's logical to see those things where elsewhere you might be like, no one's doing that. But over the holidays, they probably are. Yes. And I do think you can get away with a little bit more of the not just, I don't want to say magical in the magical, magic sense that people normally associate, but I do think there is a little bit of what would normally be unbelievable in a, in a traditional contemporary story is fully accepted because it's Christmas and things happen. <laughs> I think that's exactly right. So let's dive into your selections. What's your first one? So my first one is All I Want for Christmas by Maggie Knox. Uh, This is their second holiday rom-com. And this one is this wonderful combination of reality TV and country music and enemies to lovers. 
And what the story is, is Sadie and Max are both competitors in a reality country music competition. And during duet week, they perform together. And the chemistry between the two is so off the charts that the producers want them to not only keep doing duets together, but to pretend they're dating off stage too. So now you also have the famous fake dating trope. Uh, and it is just delightful because, of course, they hate each other. And now they have to pretend they're together and hijinks ensue. It's partly set in Nashville. It's partly set at the Banff National Park area, resort snow-capped area in Canada. It's just a delightful read, and I highly recommend it to get you in that groove, especially if you like country music, because it has some of that in there, too. Well, that's what I was just going to say. I love country music. I really like older country music, but I do like country music. What's up next? All right. What's up next is The Holiday Switch. This is by Tiff Marcello. It is actually a young adult novel, but for people who are like, oh, I don't read young adult. If you like Christmas books, you're going to love this book. It is the story of Lila and Teddy. Lila works at the gift shop at the inn in her small town where a very famous holiday movie was filmed. So they get people in. It's a big, it's like their town's tourist draw is to get people in to, to celebrate this, especially at Christmas, Christmas time. Well, she has a, she's worked at this gift store for ages. It's very special to her. And then the boss's nephew, Teddy, shows up and starts butting his nose in and causing trouble and they butt heads. And then they accidentally swap phones and find out they both have secrets that they're hiding. And once they know that about each other, things start to change. So this is another enemies to lovers. It has all of the wonderful Christmas trappings with the hot chocolate and the ice skating. There's a snowstorm all of that kind of good stuff. So this is just so sweet. And then you have it all wrapped underneath the skies of being in the location of a famous holiday movie. So it's wonderful. I like the idea of the famous holiday movie locale. Yes. And I think in the, if I'm, I'm 99% sure that the movie in the book is fake, but it will give you white Christmas vibes. If you've ever seen the movie white Christmas. Yes. Many times. And the musical. Yes. Oh yes. <laughs> so that's holiday switch. So the next one is Meet Me Under the Mistletoe. This is by Jenny Bayless. And if you are like me and you love British humor, you're going to love this book. It is set in England. The main character is a used bookstore owner, and she is invited to a wedding of a former classmate from the posh private school that she went to. And she was sort of the poor kid at the rich school. So she kind of has always felt a little fish out of water. When she goes to the holiday wedding, which is being held at an amazing castle. It turns out that the head gardener for this castle is her childhood enemy. And now she has to see him a whole bunch of times and they start butting heads. Again, enemies to lovers. I can't help myself. Uh, <laughs> I'm seeing a theme. This time just with British humor, a little bit dry and delightful. Uh, so you get the, the wedding in a castle at Christmas, enemies to lovers. It's just absolutely delightful. Jenny Bayless is a wonderful writer. It is very heartfelt at the end. Um, so it is a little bit more than just romance. There are some other things going on. It is wonderful. And there's a bookstore owner. So I'm like, okay, I, you know, anything related to someone who owns bookstores or set in a bookstore or a library, I always like. I agree. I agree 100%. And then the last book I have is A Very Merry Bromance by Lissa K. Adams. For those readers who like their romance a little bit saucier, you'll definitely want this one on your list. This is part of a series, but you can read them in any order. 
Uh, a fun thing about her bromance series is that the premise is it's a group of men who have decided to read romance novels to help them become better at relationships with the women that they really care about. So it is a really, really fun premise. And every book is a different guy and they're a different fake romance novel that they're all reading for book club that's helping win the heart of the woman that he loves. I just think that is such a fun premise. I love hearing about them and I see people posting and people are raving about this one. They are really great. Uh, I think that Lissa K. Adams as a writer writes fantastic dialogue. And I think the stories are really clever and fun spins on your normal expectations when you're reading a romance. And with A Very Merry Bromance, you have another country singer. (laughs) So apparently that's a theme with me this year. Uh, His name is Colton. And then you have Gretchen, who is an immigration attorney. They have a very steamy one night stand. And then Gretchen ghosts him. But she has an opportunity to get some money for some immigration charities that she works with. But she needs to have Colton's help. So now she has to kind of crawl back to him and say, hey, will you help me with this, even though I just ghosted you? And he agrees to help her if she will go on three dates. So it's kind of a play on a Christmas carol where you had the three different ghosts. Now he's gotta, she's got to go on three dates. Uh, so it's sort of a fun little twist on that idea. Super hilarious. Like I said, it's a bit saucy. So if, if you like clean romances, don't read this one. <laughs> it's definitely not a closed door book. This is not a closed door book. I would say the other ones are all, if not very clean, definitely closed door. I always laugh because that's another thing in romance. Like I had no idea what open and closed doors were initially. I'm like, what are people talking about? And then I finally realized, oh, I get it now. Yes. It's like when you're watching a show on TV and they close the door and you don't get to see what happens. Exactly. Now you've written a holiday book too. Are we going to get to talk about that? I would love to. So my book is called Once Upon a December and my main character, Astra, Every year, her favorite tradition for Christmas is to go to the Milwaukee Christmas market with her dearest college roommates. Uh, it's something she looks forward to every year. They're this, they have a very tight bond. And that was one of the fun things I had writing the book was writing their friendships. So she, they go to the Christmas market. And this year, there's this new part that they don't remember ever seeing before. And it's got cute little shops. And one of the places is a bakery. And of course, because it's a holiday romance, there are very attractive men behind the counter at the bakery. And one of them looks very familiar. And that's Jack. What Astra doesn't know is that this place is actually a magical Christmas market called the Yule Market. And people who visit it don't remember that they've been there before. That's part of the magic. So Astra and her friends have actually been to this bakery many times over the past several years. Jack remembers who she is, but this year something different happens and she doesn't forget. And then she starts to remember. So that's kind of the gist. It's a little bit like Brigadoon meets 51st Dates. (laughs) What a clever premise. How did you come up with it? Well, I had actually been thinking about Brigadoon for a while and how that would be fun. Because when you're one of the things when you're writing romance is you need to come up with ways to keep your two main characters apart, uh, because misunderstandings will only get you so far. And I found that the idea of a magical place that appeared and disappeared would be a wonderful way to keep my my two people apart. So it started there. And then I decided, oh, I should make this holiday one. So oh, it can be a Christmas market. And then it just steamrolled from there. Have you watched Smigadoon on Apple TV? Yes, yes, I have. Oh my gosh, I just love it. And my husband will even watch it. Most of the time, that kind of stuff isn't really up his alley. 
But for some reason, something about it appeals to him. But it's just so cute. It's so cute. And I so hope they do another season. I don't know if they will. I was utterly charmed by it. I And I, I just, it was the perfect combination of Brigadoon and musical parody and just delightfulness all around. And the cast was so fantastic. I agree completely. And yes, the parody, you know, for somebody who loves musicals, watches tons of them, you know, it's just so much fun to pick up on all those kind of little hidden gems or making fun of a particular thing or in, in, you know, in a, in a nice way or just kind of playing off of it or how quickly people will fall in love and those kinds of things. I just think it's so entertaining. I do too. You know, she's in all these ads that have been running during the World Cup. So that would make me think maybe they were continuing the series. I hope so because I think it was pretty well, like it was well received and a lot of people watched it. We'll see. I have no concept of how streamers make money. So yeah, no, I agree. It seems very complicated. And it seems like lately a lot of them aren't making money. (laughs) So that that seems to be a problem as well. Yes. Do you plot your books out or do you sit down and just start writing? Uh, I wish I could just sit down and start writing. I feel like I'd be way more productive, but I am a plotter. So I need to know where I'm going. And I like to, it doesn't have to be a super detailed outline, but I need to have the big moments sketched out. And then how I get to them will often evolve as I'm writing, or I'll jump around and and then have to go back and figure out how two things need to connect. But I do have a plan, uh, which means that I have to have time to make the plan, which is always a bit of a challenge. Sure, because you've got to kind of get everything lined out first before you sit down to write. But I really think it seems like from talking to authors, a wide variety of them, that no matter which method people use, and there's a million of them, the timing is usually about the same. It's just a matter of whether you're putting more into the outline and then you're able to write quicker or it takes longer to write or whatever. I mean, there are those people who sit down and like, I wrote it in eight weeks. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Other than that, it seems like it's pretty standard. I do agree with that. Uh, And I do think it also depends on what kind of story you're writing. I do think that when you start getting into those very specific, shorter, either romances, or I think like a cozy mystery, that's, they're finely plotted out, and they have certain beats they have to meet at certain points, because that's the expectation of that genre. I do think that can be a bit more, I don't want to say it's not easier to write, because it's not, you're writing within some very strict parameters. But I think it becomes, you can write faster. And the, the expectation of story length is not quite as long. Well, that's true. And I think with some of those cozies where it's just book after book, you know, it's pretty, as you said, pretty structured, pretty standard. So you're just kind of filling in different things. Agreed. Well, Amy, thank you so much for joining me today. I am now definitely in the holiday spirit. And I so appreciate you coming on the Thoughts from a Page podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Cindy. You have a wonderful holiday season and enjoy that trip where you're going. Thank you, and you have a wonderful holiday season as well. Thank you. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Exactly.
life sucks as a grown up. All right, you think that was good enough? I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. If you like this episode, and I hope you did, please follow me on Instagram at Thoughts From a Page. Consider joining my Patreon group to access bonus content and support the podcast. Tell all of your friends about the show and rate it or subscribe to it wherever you listen to your podcasts. I would really appreciate it. I hope you'll tune in next time. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast.